0: It's time for a beer. Wait. I don't smell hops. Is this not a beer episode? Hmm. Looks like it's cider time. So let's pluck a bottle off the tree and peel off the top and have a drink. (laughs)
1: Welcome to Have a Drink, a show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker.
0: I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. I'm Casey Price. <laughs> Hello. Hey guys, what's been going on? Not a whole lot. Been kind of
2: unconscious for a large chunk of the day. <laughs> I will. Bill will no do that to you. <laughs> yep, look, it is. I should switch to cocaine. I hear it's a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> cocaine is a hell of a drug. Oh, I love it.
1: So, uh, yeah, what have you guys been up to? Um, Well, we did an impromptu guest appearance on Cincy Brewcast again.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they were down at Braxton for, uh, this is Big Sis number two, so the release of the Big Sis Pilsner in uh, memory of Mike Cisnero, who was the original uh, founder of Cincy Brewcast. Yep. And we went down there to have a drink and... Hang out with him for a while and then suddenly i I was selling t-shirts I don't know what happened <laughs> um they, they just threw a tablet at me and they're like okay these are this much this is this here's how this works. Like, wait wait what I'm just here to have a drink literally and talk to some people it's like no you're doing this now okay tell you and that's how you plug the show
1: <laughs> yeah yeah uh, I we I, I, at first so it' was this like different group that was basically leading it this year and so this chick was like setting stuff up and I was like oh hey do you need any help and she's like, actually, yeah, the rest of my people aren't here yet. Like, can you help set up the T-shirt table?
0: By not here yet, she meant not coming because there was no one else.
1: Well, no, they ended up getting like two other people that showed up, but um, they've gone. I, they've I, all I so gone. I'm like folding all these shirts, like, and and just talking to people, and I'm like, so this just happened, but uh, <laughs> but no, beyond that, um, I I got to be on Cincy Brewcast, which was exciting. Uh, recorded live on Facebook Live, um that was we got to talk to Jake Rouse who is the CEO of Braxton um and he was talking about like Dark Charge Day and um, the community stuff um they apparently have two uh surprise variants of Dark Charge their um barrel-aged imperial stout that will be released that day that they're not going to that they haven't actually announced anything about yet um they
3: so... also did you did you poke the bear a little bit and try to, we try to get a little
0: bit we of tried. info there? We well, definitely tried. She got some unofficial info about the next can release that I'm not going to be the we're, one to yeah. jump. we're just going we're to, not say, to say we're not allowed to say. It's just that those who know our favorite beer from Braxton, <laughs> it's coming in cans.
1: Yes. Uh, uh, so yeah, just think about that. Um, but the other things were um, they're also doing a collaboration, and again. He, he, he's like, I can't say too much because our social media person will kill me. Um, but uh, they are doing a collaboration with what he said. It was a uh, more Southern brewery who has never done a collaboration with anybody else before. And that's all he would Rhymes say. Rhymes
2: with schmothered <laughs>
0: Well, see, I, I thought that, too, and I was like, oh, wait, but Southern Tear's in New York. They have done yeah. collaborations. In fact, their entire corporation is a collaboration now I, with Victory. <laughs> true, true. Um, yeah. I, know. I,
2: just, I I heard Southern, so my brain went, let's make a Southern Tear joke. Well,
1: when he said Southern, I was like, well, and the funny thing is, um, the other person on the show was uh, the Tony Chef Tony from uh, Chef Tony. Brew City Sausage, and which is amazing. And, mm-hmm. and he was like, he immediately said Southern Tear, and I was like, oh, but they're not Southern. The name's dumb, uh, yeah. but my thought was my first thought was like Cigar City and Abita, as far as like southern breweries are concerned.
0: See, I would say uh, Sweetwater. When's the last have
1: true you, have true. you ever seen? I've never seen collab? a collaboration from them.
0: I was
2: gonna say it's not Cigar City because El Coco was a collaboration,
0: and uh, they okay. did the last partnerships from uh, Heavy Seas was with Cigar City. Of gotcha. which the new partnerships, if you want to uh, have a drink with us, uh, a beer from our city their newest partnerships is with mad tree brewing mm, yeah. and it is a wee heavy with, uh, coffee and chocolate. Mm,
2: yeah. Oh yeah. That's true.
1: Yeah. I
3: think it, it could definitely be, I think it could definitely be a beta and it could definitely be Sweetwater. I like those two ideas. I
1: forgot about Sweetwater entirely, but yeah, I'm, I'm so everything he was talking about just, it sounded very exciting. He's talking about, you know, labs and how that's been doing. Um, it was just really interesting to talk to him about stuff. And then, of course, like the rest of us, we were talking about the show. Uh, we were talking about, um, we brought up like our our smoked beers um, episode. We talked about... Um, ham. <laughs> we did not talk about ham. True. true. We, we left
0: the ham out.
1: But uh, And then we got to talk to um, the guy from Alexandria Brewing Company, who they're still getting started. They're getting the, the building stuff finished uh, in Alexandria, Kentucky. And so they're they've been trying to get their stuff going for a while now. So it was really interesting to hear stuff from him too. Um, but yeah, it, it was a, it was a good night. It turned out well. And then, of course, those who can't see the video right now um, aren't don't don't know. But unless you t- turned in for the pre show, but for next week, uh, our whole we literally rearranged our entire apartment this weekend. <laughs> so. We did everything
0: so that it is a live in studio.
1: Yeah.
3: All right. So both of those breweries
0: that we just mentioned. Have done collaborations. It looks like. Oh, so I have no idea.
1: I got nothing then. Yeah.
0: It's probably newer then. It's not going to be a mainstay. There's brewery.
1: probably one we're not thinking of. I don't know.
0: There's yep. a lot of breweries south of Cincinnati. <laughs> well, yeah,
3: no, yeah. No. How,
1: well, how south is? Well, he said they had to fly up. So that was like, oh, okay. So I'm Florida, thinking like super Georgia, south, you know? Yeah.
2: Quick, someone named breweries
3: from uh, Argentina. <laughs>
1: That's true. It could be, like, super south.
0: It's the Corona people! (laughs) Look at
3: Corona. It's a Corona collab. They've never collaborated. (sighs) All right, Uh, Casey, you've had some exciting travels. Yes. It was quite exciting. So I spent a lot of time on the road this week for work. And I became slightly alcoholic during that time. Sure, sure. (laughs) Became. Um, (laughs) Absolutely. So I was out. I did a a trip through... um, multiple i sent chris the list of of all the different places i went to i went from kentucky through uh, indiana and then i went and hit these were the states that i'd never been to to have a beer in and i was able to have a beer in those it was missouri oklahoma kansas texas arkansas louisiana and mississippi so all those states i had never had a beer in and this week i was able to have a beer in every single one of those states a lot at lot least of drinking so uh, I went Missouri and and down through from the top and then went down to Louisiana the, the drive to Missouri wasn't bad it was like nine hours the drive back from Louisiana absolutely killed me left at eight o'clock in the morning and to get back to one o'clock in the morning oh. so wow. it was a bad a bad drive it, there were quite a few times that was like I'll just I'll just go and get a hotel here. And then I would go in, like I stopped off at the smoky mountains right there at the the exit to go to the smokies. It was like, there's a lot of hotels here. I'll just grab one. And they were all sold out. I
0: was like, really? Oh well, you
3: know, I'll just drive it. And You're like, uh, you know, yeah.
0: I'm not that far from home. I'll just, I can, yeah. I can tough it out. Like I'll take the it. extra three and a half
3: hours or whatever and go from there. Um, but anyways, so I was able to go to a couple really awesome breweries during this trip. Um, and some of the, some of the beers that I had were in like the hotel rooms. I would stop off at a, um, a local liquor store, grab a beer and then go to the hotel, um, and then have a few there. So, um, in order to kind of hit some of these breweries, the first one I hit up was actually, um, Budweiser. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so I I stopped. Gotta, a, gotta know the enemy. You, you do. That's a, um, the the phrase I think I sent to you was "you gotta know crap to talk crap." So <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I was you know intrigued and and decided to go on this tour. And so what really turned me on in the first first little bit of the, the opening speech to be like, oh yeah, this is going to be fun is when the um, when the tour guide says uh you know breweries became big and and uh, what was it i'll have to pull it up right here that way i've got the exact wording but he said he said something along the lines of um that silly idea of local beer (laughs) and that that got me right there the silly notion of craft beer and i was like oh okay Did you just look around like, what, where, where am I at right (laughs) now? That was the funny thing. I took like the uh, eight, what was it? 10 o'clock in the morning. I took the 10 o'clock in the morning tour of the St. Louis facility. So this is like the big one, the, the, the one that started it all. So I was, I was really pleased to go and see the history there. And, and there's a lot that um, Anheuser-Busch and, and that whole company has kind of brought to beer. There's a whole lot that's there. And so uh, I wanted to go and kind of see the history and see where beer came from. Um, you know, there's the idea of delivering beer that everybody's talking now like it's a new thing. Well, ABM Be- or Anheuser-Busch um, delivered Budweiser. That's where the Clydesdale horses come from. I, I, somehow that either slipped my mind or I didn't have never heard this before. But the Clydesdale horses were originally used to deliver beer to homes. And so that was kind of their marketing ploy. And and that Old gave me the, and and beer men. <laughs> and that kind of gave me the the notion right up front because they talked a lot about the horses and they this is a marketing company that that was kind of the way that I went into it this is a marketing company that just happens to make beer as their as their thing to market but there they have at any one time twenty one million gallons logging. Just in St. Louis, and I thought that was really interesting. Um, the beechwood aging, so they're loggering, and on the beechwood is at 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Found that out, and it ages 21 days there. They'll actually reuse the beechwood two to three times before they, um, before they actually uh, take that off of the the and and get rid of the beechwood, make it into mulch or whatever. Um, they do five batches a day in their brew kettles, and their brew kettles are massive. They've got multiple brew kettles, of course, and they're massive. But um, they do up to five five batches a day, which I thought was pretty cool. After we got into the tour, the guy giving the tour, who actually said this about the silly notion of craft beer, turns out he came from working a, in a craft beer brewery. Had to come to St. Louis for some reason. We didn't get into it, but for some reason he had to come to St. Louis, and then he comes to this brewery basically as a, just to get a job still in the brewing industry. So I'm like, they make you say that, that that's probably a scripted speech that they're actually saying, okay, you've got to say it this way. Right. And that just kind of, I don't know that that poked me a little bit, but anyways, to cleanse my palate, that was a really good tour. I suggest anybody that ever is in the St. Louis area, go on that tour. Cause there is a lot of history. Um, if you can do some of the other tours, go through it. Uh, Chris and I talked a little bit toward the end there. <laughs> Uh, or no, I, I checked it on Untapped, and you you commented back. Yeah, but I I tasted one of their craft like brews that was that was on premise, um, something they do in small batch just for you know their their little brew pub there, and it tasted like metal, and had no ale flavors even though it was supposed to be an ale, which makes me think that they're actually using only this this one yeast strain, the one lager yeast strain for everything they do, no matter what it is. And Chris commented back, reminds me of something else, which uh, I'm pretty sure you are talking
0: about Goose Island. Yeah, the whole pack tasted like it had metal shavings or like it was. It w- yep.
2: I wouldn't be surprised if if by their definition there is a, there is but one yeast and whatever yeah. it is, it's name.
0: And yeah. another thing yeah. I thought was interesting, you sent us that picture on the tour. It's like this uh, big bar display that has bottles from mm. all the breweries mm-hmm. that are owned by mm. yep. AB Bev. And there were no yep. wicked weed bottles in the picture. I'm wondering if they were actually <laughs> present or if they just yeah, not put any out.
3: I think they have Elysian um there on that display. Um I think I did see Elysian. Um but I and I saw for sure Kona Brewing Company and they actually tap Kona on tap at that bar there. Hmm. Um so those two for sure, maybe in the near future, you may see some wicked weed right there at the, uh, at the, the brewery. But what I think is they were showing all the beers that they could brew there and beers mm. like Stella and I think it was Stella was there um, some beers like that. And so I think they're using all the same yeast. Um, every yeast their their yeast house, I did ask. And and every yeast that's created to be used in a Budweiser beer is grown at that St. Louis facility and shipped out to the other breweries. So it's actually sent out around around to the other breweries from that one facility. So they grow it up from a single yeast cell in that one facility, and then it's taken out to the others. So the others don't even get to use yeast of their own creation. Oh. They have to use the shipped in yeast. Yep.
0: Wow. wow. So Talk that's, about uniformity. That's yeah. everybody. So like Breckenridge is no longer using their own yeast. They're using the yeast that... AB grows and then ships to Ugh. them. So
3: if they're using if they're using AB and Bev's Budweiser, Bud Light, whatever, all that yeast, if they're using their house yeast, that's probably the case as they're getting it shipped into them. That's almost definitely the case that they're getting it shipped to them. Which oh, wow. may
1: is make it? sense as to why Wicked Weed's not there when they're doing a lot of um, wild yeast.
0: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. AB's got to yeast... be looking back in their stores, going, "We don't have any of
3: this." The yeast propagation area is actually one of those areas that, um, from what I was talking to the tour guide, it's very highly guarded, and I can understand that. If your your whole livelihood I'd is understand built it on, more if they
2: had good yeast. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, if it's built on the idea that one person can come in and stick their finger where it doesn't need to be, and yeah. they infect the entire you know supply of Budweiser in the entire country from that. Um I can understand why that's kind of under more lock and key.
0: Whereas New Belgium, you can walk through and they have a there's just a window. You can look in and like, and here's the yeast lab. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, Oh, could just... they're not currently working, but there's the yeast samples on the tray, you know, doing their thing.
3: Yep. Could you imagine if if like one um, one person from, uh, I don't know. I, I try to think of a, a large brewery that isn't owned by ABM, but it's hard <laughs> to do that now. Um, but back in the day, if you could think of one Coors guy that was coming into sabotage and, and what he did was basically goes on the tour to the yeast facility and then uses a pickaxe to break <laughs> the window and, and infect all the yeasts. And then their entire yeah. business falls from that. I, I don't know. In the past I mean, maybe was I'm just,
0: possible. All right, drunk at uh, this point, we're oh, all three. Well, so where what? else have you hit?
3: Sorry. Um so Prairie Artisan else. I oh. went through there was able to get the deconstructed bomb for chili, which was awesome. <clears> they <throat> have all these deconstructed that's basically the the bomb without all the additional flavors. You just pick one additional flavor and add it in. Mm. Um, I did not, in the chili, I did not taste that much chili. And whenever I was checking out, the guy was telling me, oh, what'd you get today? And I said, well, I got the chili bomb. And he said, oh, yeah, the one from 2015, I think he said 2015 or, no, 2016. The one from 2016 is much better. So he talked a little bit about that. And, um, but the deconstructed bomb was, was pretty cool to have that. And then... I got to head up to Abida, which actually we should all head to Abida at some point. It's 13 hours away, but we can make a road trip out of this. You're not
1: going to have a lot of argument on this one. Really. It's just about timing and money.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and Marriott points, we can get that place to stay for free. <laughs> um, so Abita is like one of the coolest, most laid back places I've ever been to. I came in, they were supposed to open up at 10 o'clock. I came in at like nine 30 and they were like, Oh yeah, just come on in. Um, <laughs> So when we we kind of just all started talking and everything, we had this uh, self-guided tour. They just let you go up and, and check out their facilities. It, it, they weren't brewing anything, but their brewing facility is actually fairly small from what I would have expected. Huh. Um, and then I got to go down and taste a few different beers that they had on sample. Uh, number one being the Boot, which is something you can only get in Louisiana. Hmm. And then I had three or four other beers. I had the Christmas, their Christmas thing. Um, I did not like it very much. It was way too harsh on the bitterness. It was like 60, probably 60, 70 IBUs, somewhere in that range. It was a harsh bitterness toward the end with no good malt flavor up front. And then um, I had a tea time that was amazing. It was a beer that was then aged on a lot of tea leaves. The first batch apparently was only aged for 24 hours. This batch was aged, uh, second batch was aged for Seventy-two hours, and so that was a fairly um intense. I would have uh, to know more about tea to
2: know how that how see, that actually plays. We out We talked about that yeah. on, well, the, like, on
1: the on the Brewcast episode because we were talking about. I was like, I'm surprised more people aren't doing stuff with tea because we were talking about that one that we had the Braxton collaboration. And yeah. when we got to Braxton today, they have a new one. It's a a matcha green tea bl- uh, blonde ale. It's just matcha blonde ale. Yeah, and it was mm-hmm. it was pretty good.
3: So we're, we're there the South, and they grow a lot of tea. I went through a lot of sugar cane fields. I didn't know that was a big Louisiana thing. Um, but they grow a lot of that tea that goes into maybe black tea style. So I got like a bergamot flavor to it hmm. almost. Um, like a, uh, oh, what was the, uh, uh, Earl Grey, kind of an Earl Grey flavor. Hmm. That's um, fine. Which was really cool. But they, where they put it on a little bit longer, it had more intense tea flavor, but also a little bit more tannin, like a little almost bitterness from the tea um, which was pretty cool. Um, then I had a citrus beer that was awesome from them. They did really good on the citrus beer. Uh, and these were things that you can only get at there. They only brew them for their tap room. And so it was a really good, highly, highly flavored citrusy orange flavor. Um, let me see if I can pull... There's one more beer that I really... Oh, the horchata.
0: I was going to say, you are telling okay. us the horchata. Oh, oh. Yeah, uh, you a sent me a picture turbo. of the bar, and I saw the bombers in the background of the horchata, and I had seen bombers around here, and I was like, hmm, I was curious about that. And I was like, oh, Casey, have you had any of the horchata?
3: Yeah, so the horchata came through with a uh, light creaminess, a little bit of, like, that cinnamon spice. Quite a bit, actually. I'd say... If you've ever had the horchata drink, a traditional horchata tastes just like the cinnamon nuts that you've got there and mm. just had enough hop bitterness to kind of balance out the sweetness in it. So it was a really kind of Swedish beer, but the bitterness balanced that out really well. Like it it, it was on the verge of El Coco for me, like that wow. sort of flavor profile.
0: And I must I have it. That's I must what you, have it now. I was going to say, what was the, the exact phrase used to me? was like, it reminds me of El Coco in the flavors. Yeah, and then in the background of my head, right I just heard Bob go, "El oh, Coco." Go, go.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the other one, the citrus Big Easy. So the Big Easy IPA with uh, citrus added. Oh, that'd it. be cool.
0: great. That sounds good. Yeah.
3: So that was that was the citrus IPA.
0: So there. so we're going to a beater, right?
3: <laughs> uh, I think we definitely should go to a beater. And it's, they're not like out there huge either. They're they're probably. I mean, they're probably really busy on a weekend. Hmm. But they they said the night before they had um, over a hundred people at their trivia night. But it's it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Like they they call it near Baton Rouge, but it's actually Abita Abita Springs. I think is the name of the place. It's right outside of Baton Rouge, but hmm. it's it's a kind of a weird town. Not much larger than what you would expect. Like our local towns to be like here in Eastern Kentucky. Wow. So it was just weird. It was so different. It, but I it's liked probably it like, a lot.
1: It's probably like the pride of the area, honestly, because of that.
3: <laughs> yeah. A lot of country I mean, it was right down a country road. So it mm. was weird. Like it was cool. Two lane road, curvy. Can't destroy <laughs> uh, it because because wow. there were no hills there. But no one roads in this place. <laughs> I only drive on places with curves. It's my new rule. It was <laughs> oh, God. the the uh, interstate went over like 20 miles down in that direction. Um, it went over 20 miles of swamp and it was just Jeez. a bridge for 20 miles as oh it gosh. went through.
0: Or, oh God. Yeah. Because Louisiana. 20 miles. <laughs> yeah. It was weird. All right. Well, apparently we had been into a lot over this last <laughs> little bit. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and roll into some announcements.
1: Right, so I um, wanted to remind everybody, so we are sticking with the Saturday 9 p.m. Eastern Time uh, streaming schedule on twitch.tv slash show. and uh, so next week we will be doing our video show again. Um, that is going to be um, covering the Flying Dog sampler pack, so mm. that's Saturday, November 18th, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on, on Twitch and on YouTube Live. Um the audio show after that, um, we will also try to stream on Twitch again like this. Um, that's going to be Saturday, November 25th at 9 p.m. Eastern, covering brown ale.
3: I didn't realize it, but I, we probably planned this, but I didn't realize that we probably planned it this way. Are, are we going to be drinking the, the brew that we did? I, I think mean, that was the it. goal,
1: but I yep. genuinely don't remember that was us. That
3: generally the idea. Okay, so okay. if it is a brown ale.
1: I was like, did, I we, guess did I was we
0: plan drunk. it that way? I guess like, I was drunk when this was planned. I, yeah,
2: no, we... We planned it that
0: okay. Like, apparently, I was the only one sober. I never know I these mean... things. I'm always like, this is a hell of a coincidence, guys. Did we plan this? <laughs> Look,
2: because normally, it is a hell of a coincidence because we're dumb and we don't think ahead. <laughs> normally, okay, we're just like... I'm dumb and I don't help think ahead.
0: <laughs> no, we don't either, apparently. But like, because we don't even I'm, remember. I'm a
3: little early on my, my drink of the day, then. But okay. <laughs> like worse.
0: when we're like, oh, let's do yingling. I'm like, "Wait, well, it's like the 4th of July and this is like the oldest brewery. Did, did we plan this? <laughs> oh
3: that's another thing mingling is all over louisiana
2: really
1: they
3: skipped kentucky to make it to louisiana because they don't care they did those selfish sons uh yeah you know uh (laughs)
2: let's just go into the news yep Uh.
0: hi how are you all (laughs) doing great all right so in our news this week uh first story harpoon has or their parent company has acquired ipswich's clown shoes so if you're here in ohio you'll know clown shoes from the uh ohio unidragon which is okay a lot of the stuff from clown shoes is interesting because this isn't mentioned in the article maybe later down but i just had to go ahead and shoehorn this in so they do a lot of stuff in brewing beers for specific markets and not in their own, which is really strange. So Ohio (laughs) Unidragon is a barrel-aged Imperial Stout brewed with all ingredients from Ohio. The brewery is not in Ohio, and the beer is brewed with Ohio ingredients and only for sale in Ohio. (laughs) So they do a lot of weird things like that. But the parent company for Boston's Harpoon Brewery has purchased Clown Shoes Beer, giving the Ipswich contract brewer a permanent production home. It's Mass Bay Brewing Company. Uh, first... Does mean, uh, and forgive me if I'm dumb, but
2: were they one of those, uh, for lack of a better term, gypsy
0: brewers? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, first acquisition from the parent company was in 2000 when they bought uh, Catamount Brewery in Windsor, Vermont to expand its brewing capacity. Mass Bay wouldn't disclose the purchase price for Clown Shoes, which launched in 2009 and makes 10... Ye- ten year-round beers and more than 25 limited releases uh state-specific and barrel-aged beers including space cake double IPA and clementine white ale both on shelves so, now.
2: This is this is going to date me probably but uh when I hear when I hear like they won't disc- disclose how much it was I have an idea. I think I know how they how much they 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 sold the company for. How much? They uh for one crisp one hundred dollar bill after a game of throwing balls into buckets, <laughs> like Bozo the clown. to Bozo oh. the
0: clown are- lead this acquisition? <laughs> yes, you oh. don't know. Okay, clown I shoes. Hear clown shoes. All I can think of now is just like, all right, let's let's watch this game go. This may yeah. change. This may change your opinion. Clown shoes approached Mass Bay last spring about a deal, but the timing wasn't right, according to Mass Bay CEO uh, Dan Canary who said his company had a lot going on, including the rebranding of its UFO line and unfiltered wheat beers. We weren't at all interested, he said. We were not out actively looking for this one. But after talking with industry people and learning more about Clown Shoes and its founder and CEO, Greg Berman, uh, MassBase struck a deal. It's a really terrific group of people who love beer and are very creative and have a lot of fun with it, Canary said. U.S. craft brewing industry continues to have pretty active deals market, but many deals are smaller than a year or two ago, according to Bart Watson, chief economist <laughs> at the Brew Association.
3: So, in other words, you know, a year or two ago, people were putting crazy money on breweries—billion
2: uh, dollars about, about that. <laughs> billion dollars to buy Ballast Point. Yeah. yeah. Now, you know what? Uh, look, maybe a maybe a buck fifty in a and a swift <laughs> hand job.
0: Yeah. so right now i think this was big news because this was more of you had craft i don't know if you want to say craft acquiring craft or craft coming together with craft because what no one was talking about in this is harpoon is employee owned like i don't think this story headlines that but other versions of this that i've read talk about it is employee owned and as of day one uh all clown shoes employees are complete owners in uh Mass Bay and that gives them ownership of Clown Shoes as well. Does that uh, mean that the Clown Shoes people, if they continue to work there,
2: also still own part of their own company?
0: Yeah. Yeah, as of day one, <laughs> they Ugh. they own a portion of everything. So uh some quick stats. Mass Bay is the eighteenth largest US craft brewer and twenty-seventh largest overall brewer, according to the Brewers Association. It produced 198,000 barrels in 2016. Clown Shoes uh, with distribution in 28 states and 5 countries produced 12,888 barrels. We're not looking at an aggressive market expansion but may look at adding states here and there. You know, normally I feel
2: like we get a little doom and gloom about purchases and buyouts and stuff like that, but you know this will give them a place to sit down and you know actively work on stuff that they're trying to do, so that i mean this could be a good thing. I don't know, but maybe I'm dumb
3: <laughs> i don't I don't see it, so I did not know this clown shoes is gypsy
0: see, I didn't know that either because they put out a distinct year round product. I can find certain beers of their, theirs all the time, but it is a ton of one offs it seems like on the shelves. Well, they could, they
3: could literally just go up to one brewery and say, okay, here's the recipe. Um, we just need you to keep producing this exactly the way, you know, it's written here. Just keep producing this and, and sending it out, put our label on it and we'll use our liquor license or probably they, they would use, they would take care of the label fees at least. Um, and then that one would come out of this one facility while they then could travel and do one offset other facilities, um, Depending on how they wanted to do that, but I did not know that. That makes a lot of sense now that now that I've seen some of the stuff that they've come out with.
0: Yeah, they do a lot of real regional specific beers, and it. I mean, I thought it was odd because I've seen them on shelves for the past couple of years since we've started venturing a lot more into Ohio. They don't distribute down in Kentucky, which is one of the reasons I hadn't seen them before. Yeah. But when you do see their packaging and everything, it's not a lot like uh, Mikeller or Evil Twin or, you know, those big infamous Gypsy Brewers where it's from beer to beer is going to have completely different packaging. Like everything's going to change depending on who they're working with because that's who's doing the packaging. Theirs is consistent, very consistent. So that was a big surprise for me. All right.
3: Uh, I have no problem with craft buying craft or craft – Craft consolidations. Yeah, I'm fine. I think that's a good way to craft go.
0: Craft investing in craft. Yeah, like it's. I like that. I'm. I'm all for that. Kind of like the, in pre-show we were talking about uh Southern Tier and Victory. Like that was another similar oh, situation. Yeah. Their,
2: their, their distribution Voltron
0: move. Yeah. All right, cool. uh, moving into our next story. This is some big news that we're all excited for. So, Brew Dog has officially broken ground on the Craft Beer Hotel and Sour Facility.
3: About dang time.
0: Yeah, so. How, yeah, I
3: say, how are we going to get rooms if they don't finally build it? Yeah, I
0: was looking like two weeks ago to see if they were open already. No, they just broke ground. So, the, they put the news way I, out ahead of this one. So, uh, independent craft brewer Brew Dog has broken ground on the Dog House, the world's first crowdfunded craft beer hotel at the site of its U.S. headquarters in Canal Winchester, Ohio. Oh, wow. <laughs> Instead of gold shovels and hard hats, Brew Dog began construction with an explosion, literally blowing a hole in the ground, or the hotel will be built.
2: Oh, hell
0: yes. <laughs> More than uh, 250 of BrewDog's equity punk investors and Indiegogo hotel backers attended the explosive groundbreaking and celebration with free cans of the brewer's flagship beer, Punk IPA. The first U.S. Indiegogo hotel backer, uh, Tara Grove of Canal Winchester. it's uh, a nice big quote from her. Uh, who cares what she thinks? She's... <laughs> <laughs> This markets uh, the next phase in the hotel's development uh, following the March Indiegogo campaign to crowdfund the hotel, which raised more than $300,000, four times the original goal. With construction officially underway, the doghouse is scheduled for completion in summer of 2018 in advance of the Brew Dogs annual stakeholders meeting.
1: Yeah, that's actually really soon. Yeah,
0: that's really quick. I don't think they'll meet we that should, deadline. We
3: should see about booking... <laughs> In, in summer that, of 2018, that's just between, at least to
0: try it out. Oh, yeah, that's they just between here and Columbus. Then. There's
3: always delays.
0: Yeah, they will not hit that deadline. Uh, the state-of-the-art hotel will feature a craft beer spa, a punk IPA tap in every room, and an in-shower beer fridge. Guests who stay at the luxury suites will also have their own hot tub full of punk IPA. Uh, the Sour Beer facility, which will be visible from the hotel's guest rooms, will enable BrewDog to experiment with new flavors and brewing techniques. It will begin brewing in late 2018 and will dis- diversify BrewDog's USA current production capacity in its connected 100,000-square-foot brewery. BrewDog fans can watch the construction progress at BrewDog's USA... Uh, I'm guessing probably .com. Uh, brewery and Taproom, Dog Tap, and Canal Winchester, Ohio, or Brew Dog on USA's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So yeah, uh, for those who don't know, BrewDog is a uh, brewery from Scotland, uh, one of the few craft brewers from the UK that has actually made it international, and they decided to come to the US in big fashion last year, and this is continuing that. Yeah, uh, well, well and a, they
2: had that, they had, because I, I, the first I heard heard of them was they're uh, releasing their recipes to home brewers to how they could make, yeah, make they, some of their stuff. Yeah, they I made all like, recipes public.
3: super cool. Yeah, they did. Um, the, the first that I remember is they did a reality TV show called Brew Dogs, hmm. where they actually would go around and brew a beer in some really weird situation. So, I the ones that I remember specifically is they would they would do like a home brew, but they would do it on one of those beer bikes that they would pedal around town <laughs> or on a boat. Oh,
2: guys, how have we never done
3: one of those beer bikes? I know. I don't there think was we can physically we'll may see it. it for next week, but or the week after, but there was some news about one city actually banning the beer bike.
0: That's dumb. Well it's not Cincinnati because we have enough of them running around o- down in OTR and we need to do that.
2: So I really need to actually try some brew dog because I want it to be good, because I don't want to oh, go into good. a hotel room that has a ta- has a tap on it and they go well, this sucks. I don't know True. the True. punk
0: IPA is all right, but uh, the Hazy Jane and the Elvis Juice are both delicious. Okay. Oh, the, um, I had the Elvis. I, okay. I,
3: uh, in the in the doc, I just posted there the BrewDog Charter. Um, will you read that, Chris? Uh, give
0: me a second. Yes, yeah, I found can... it. So, if you want Chris to do it, nah. Uh, the BrewDog Charter. We're on a mission to make other people as passionate about great craft beer as we are. We bleed craft beer. This is our true north. We are uncompromising. If we don't love it, we don't do it ever. Uh we blow shit up. We are <laughs> ambitious. We are relentless. We take risks. We are geeks. We learn uh, obsessively, share <laughs> vigorously. That's a nice evangelically, up- no, but yeah. sure, why not. <laughs> I've been drinking for a while. <laughs> uh, without us, we are nothing. We are BrewDog. No, no, no. I like I like this. I like their charter. Like, I was
2: like, we are geeks. We learn
0: obsessively. And I'm like, are they me? <laughs> Them's my people. No, no. I, I like them. Them's good people. <laughs> no, they. Absolutely. I like and, that. That's and a charter and get behind.
2: They, and Chris, I bet they like Haggis.
0: I bet they do. <laughs> And probably, I love haggis. Required, but, uh, to, it, it, you got me to eat it, and it is the bee's knees. It is. So that charter is next to, almost next to Braxton's. With uh, Braxton's is the garage is the mother of all invention, and around here we respect our mothers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I guess we'll some... fly off into our final story here. And yes, we will be doing some kind of meetup whenever that hotel's open. <laughs> don't, don't anybody worry about that.
3: So So one one thing. Um speaking of haggis and brew dogs, I think at this this uh hotel whenever they open it up they actually will have haggis spring rolls.
0: Oh god, yes. Oh <laughs> I would try the
1: hell out of that. <laughs> oh god. There you go. I don't even know what that's if it like... wasn't fried enough. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that, but that's fine.
0: Okay, well we've got uh a lawsuit coming down here. Uh, Epic trademark lawsuit plays out in Denver. So this is one uh, I want to say in Casey's wheelhouse because for a similar (laughs) lawsuit, he has this thing against bells. Now Uh, the battle over a grandiose beer name has landed two companies in the U S district court in Colorado on November 3rd, Salt Lake city based Epic brewing company sued Eddie line brewing company for marketing a double IPA, double IPA under the name Epic day uh the suit says Epic has used the Epic mark on packaging and has its logo since it was founded in twenty ten. Epic Ten or er, Epic Ten. Epic has trademarks for both packaged beer products and its brewery services, including tap rooms and restaurants. Suit says those trademarks uh became Oh
2: my gosh. Incontestable.
0: Yes, in September. Epic uh opened its second tap room in Reno. Oh, 2013. Rhino, Rhino. I was like, that's not Reno. Rhino. Yeah, no, it's a deny. I I I don't don't know what it's. I don't know where that is. I thought this. The two tap rooms were in Denver and in Salt Lake. But okay. Uh, Epic is asking one million dollars in statutory damages, profits, uh, Eddie Line made selling the product, and court fees. Wow, (laughs) that's kind of harsh. It also has asked the court to. And I think businesses, and,
2: and I know you know, for smaller breweries, a million dollars is in fact a lot. It doesn't sound like that much compared to what I assume Epic probably pulls in.
0: For Epic, it's not a lot. For Eddie Line, that could mean shutting the doors. It could. That's mm-hmm. true. Uh, this require Eddie Line to destroy anything with the infringing logo. Uh, Before filing the suit, Epic sent a letter in July to notify Eddie Line that it was allegedly violating the trademark. Eddie Line is based in Buena Vista and has a location in New Zealand. The suit says both breweries use many of the same channels to distribute beer in Colorado, causing confusion between the two brands. And it claims Eddie Line knowingly uh, targeting Epic's Colorado market.
1: It just seems like a bit much. uh, Hmm.
2: Sorry, I just keep looking at going like, I don't know how you'd get Epic Brewing confused with Epic Day, because well, I don't I don't ask usually for the brewing company's beer. I ask for the name of the beer when I see it. Right. I don't, I wouldn't think Epic Day was made by Epic.
0: So I- yeah, when I first uh, started glancing over this and didn't see the name of the beer, I was just like, okay, if you see something that's just labeled like Epic IPA, you would think that's from Epic Brewing. But no, this is not the case at all. It's Epic Day. So it it feels like it would even be hard to accidentally end up with this beer going like, oh, I want the Epic IPA. And like, oh, do you mean Epic Day or do you want the IPA from Epic Brewing? I don't know, but I guess it's them defending their trademark and that comes down to if they don't defend it here, then they lose... They lose their case later on when someone more blatantly does step on their trademark.
1: I guess it's just Casey's yeah,
0: biting. His I'm tongue. Just trying to
2: look at because Epic does have their you know, they have an IPA, but you know there are other places with like you know Epic IPA or is literally the name of a beer from apparently Mammoth Brewing.
0: So, I mean, uh, we see this going around, like the rest of the article is just giving you examples of where else in the industry, how this is happening. And it's, we do see this, but you have to, def- even in small cases, like you have to set up the precedent of defending your, you know, your intellectual property in such, because if you don't do it here, then it could set it up later. Like, well, you didn't then, why don't you now, like these people have been doing it forever. So that's kind of like, and if you want to take it somewhere else, like Blizzard, not letting uh, these people keep with the the vanilla WoW servers that have been illegally operating. They're like, no, that is our trademark that you are screwing around with out there. And yeah, we realize you're not even making any money off of it, but if we don't protect it here, then we lose, you know, it it doesn't look as good for a court later on when someone is capitalizing on it.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Part of it just... I, I, I can understand Epic feeling like they need to do it. It just, part of it just feels kind of wrong.
1: Oh, yeah.
3: Casey? <laughs> I was just going to wait and see. I wasn't going <laughs> to chime in unless you all asked. Um, okay. Where do I you know,
2: think i fall on this? Uh, we think that you hate both places and that you want to see them both dead. Uh,
0: I think that from now on, when I have a bomber, a big bad Baptist, or any variant, you will not partake. Am, am I, think I, you're am both I... wrong? <laughs> really? I'm, I'm I mean, siding, I'm probably I'm siding,
3: wrong. Though. I'm siding with Epic on this. Really? Yeah.
0: Whatever. Okay.
3: Mainly because of two things. So, whenever a beer buyer is it's cause looking.
2: Because he, hate, he hates New Zealand.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, the only thing that I am a little taken aback at is the the aspect of okay, they're suing for a million plus the profits that they've gotten on this beer. I don't like that idea. I think you know sue for, sue for them to cease and desist. If they don't cease and desist, go with your million and then um, your court cost, and that should be it. I don't like the profits on the other side. It may be something legal that you've got to sue for profits, otherwise, and then they can make a deal outside of court for less the profits. Right. Um, but Epic is the name of the company, and this brewery comes in and creates an ipa creates a a double ipa created uh, called epic day as a beer buyer as a um and in the same geographic area and that's that's another big key
0: yeah they, um, i think epic, they point out that it is they moved into the market specifically targeting epics customers by calling this beer that
3: if if that's the uh, i think that you know, if I were on the jury for this and I would listen to both sides of the argument, but Epic on the Epic word and on this can and the Epic logo do look very similar, especially with those hop cones added below it. Um, The fact that if you, all you have to do with this company is change the name of the beer. You don't necessarily have to change the whole name of your company. I think if you look at it in the overall, who who is harmed more aspect. I think Epic is actually harmed more in this than this other company is because as a beer buyer, as a, uh, a restaurant or as a, uh, someone who comes in and buys cans of beer, you look down through your beer list and it's on a spreadsheet and you say, okay, I'll take this one and this one. And then, you know, you, you maybe get crossed on a little bit. Okay. These are the beer names and these are the, the brewery names, or maybe it just says Epic, um, Day IPA and so maybe it says Eddie Line Epic Day IPA Uh, and you can get crossed over on that so I understand why Epic is doing this it's not like the one that I'm upset with with Bells over because they came in and they sued because this company's name was Innovation and that was just a slogan that Bells used if somebody come in and, and made their name Bells Innovations that would I would understand why they would come in and, and sue over that. But yeah. Yeah. not if not if it was such a, a small thing there.
0: They're using the company name as the name for a beer. Or as exactly. part of the name for a beer. And, so yeah.
3: And Epic is Epic is a, a very you know, when you get in lawsuits like this, there are very generic terms. You can't say this is Beer IPA and my company's named Beer Company and and that's that's wrong. Um, you can't use beer on your can. That's that's a generic term in this. But Epic is is pretty centric, and I think that Epic Brewing has been ar- around as Epic Brewing much longer than this beer has been around. And unlike when you look at the other instance uh, where you've got a company that just has a slogan, yeah, and, and comes in
0: that they don't even use anymore.
3: They they started using it more since they had the lawsuit.
0: <laughs> Probably to you know push their point. <laughs> but yeah, I get I what know. you're saying. So completely it's it's not a, an instance of the big guy picking on the little guy. It's the fact that no, the little guy seems to have purposefully moved in using a name of a company. It's almost to the point of someone coming out with a beer calling it their founder's special. Wow. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it is. So it is using the entire name of another brewing company that is known nationwide as the name of a beer. And yeah, that's I would see that just like if I saw Epic Real Big on there, I'd be like, Oh, what's that? And then I would have to read the label to understand. Oh no, wait, that is not an Epic Brewing beer. That is, you know, they're uh, they're calling this beer Epic, Epic Day. Exactly. Okay. Uh, anyone okay. else? Anything on there? I think we need to scoot into Untapped. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that does it. Get r- riggedy, riggedy, wrecked, son! Okay, so, uh, how did everyone do? I think last time we decided we were going to work on the uh, bottle badge.
1: I did not do so, well. So,
0: <laughs> um, I remembered
2: that yesterday. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, did you?
2: Uh, so how many levels so did you get? I got I got three bottles, not enough to get the badge.
0: Uh, okay. Oh.
1: It just occurred to me that I should probably check into the bottle.
0: And that might get you there.
1: I keep forgetting to do like the the method by which I'm drinking the whatever I'm checking into, you know? <sighs> that's the that's the hang up really.
2: I I wish is there a way in Untappd to set up like groups, I guess, so like we could like look through quickly and see, hey, no.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yes It'd it be a nice thing
2: to do because we could look at and say, "Hey, everybody, hit this badge." But
1: there's there's like mm. a group thing, but it's not the same thing as that. Yeah, though, it's not unfortunately. The
2: same.
0: So, um, Casey, how'd you do?
3: I didn't get a single beer toward this badge. Oh. <laughs> I forgot about it until like ten minutes before the show started. God,
0: all of you all. Okay, well, Those I f- suck. I just feel bad because I leveled mine up twice. <laughs> well. You had the
1: retroactive when I thing. thought when no. I thought
2: about it, it was a day when I I went to I was heading to liquor barn to pick up stuff, you know, to to stock up for I don't know, I guess the lean times. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, I need I need to check into some of this stuff. So I'm like drinking, and I I, I check in from some some stuff from D and D, and I'm like I can get done. I'm like I'm like should I have like one or so badges because uh, one or so check ins because I'm like I was a moron and forgot to. Forgot to work on it at
0: all
1: I just didn't drink as as much lately honestly just generally uh, he's he's mostly been the one getting the check-ins and stuff
0: so yeah I was able to uh, level mine up uh, because I went to a release at I was gonna say, yeah you
1: went to a, a release thing so that makes sense
0: where it has become depressingly like the same old same old because it's always the four same four people in the front of the line sharing most of the beer like it's and there's not been it's that many you people. and your three, your three friends sitting there. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's... Uh, I'm not going to be at all of them moving forward. I just can't keep justifying it. Yeah, the beers are all good, but they're pretty much all the same beer.
1: So I need okay. three more check-ins to get that, that badge. The, it's the 99 Bottles badge, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. We'll okay. work on that tonight. But yeah, I leveled mine up twice. So I guess I was the only one. Uh, what's a realistic <laughs> one we want to move towards coming so up? I, I, I looked through uh,
2: some some untapped badges, and I had some uh, one, I don't know, just because I was like, oh, hop down. Maybe that one. You know, if we're looking for some IPAs. But I have some that I feel like they're fit a little bit better as we head into the, the, the colder months.
0: Yeah, that's uh, what I'm maybe, thinking.
2: Like... Maybe Heavyweight or Imperial Czar. Winter Wonderland. Winter Wonderland.
1: Now, are these... Can you find these on the app?
2: Yeah, I, I yeah. literally went into my thing, found... Either ones I'd already checked into, or you know, other apps, uh, other other badges. So can we just and, say
0: all those? You can just do a slight tweak, and they become names of weed. I mean, I'm pretty sure Winter Wonder Weed was one of the things he lists off in a very Helden Kamar Christmas. <laughs>
2: there, there was one uh, that I thought about just because of the the episode, which was we could we we and if we had been thinking about it, we could have done, tried for Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> I just know. got that.
1: I literally just got that one too. And I was
2: like, uh, "Oh got, wait, look, I got 10 cider's either before this episode or or since this episode." Yeah.
0: Okay, the, um, So you...
1: the Imperial Tsar, I am 5 five check-ins away toward getting the next level. I'm already level 3 on that. Got one. some
0: work to do there. Uh yep. what do you guys think Imperial Tsar?
1: What's so what's uh, Winter Wonderland? What does that entail?
0: Come on, you guys. Winter can... warmers? Yeah, winter warmers. Oh.
3: I mean, I so mean, the only problem I have with Winter Wonderland is some beers that would be considered Winter Warmers. Arc Winter. Arc yeah. Winter Wonderland Winter Warmers.
0: Yeah. Uh. So what, what do you guys want to say? Heavyweight or Imperial Czar?
3: Heavyweight. Oh. Rock, paper, scissors for it?
0: I mean, this you is, all can decide. Either way, <laughs> I'm guaranteed to hit it. Doesn't matter. I got Dark yeah. Charge Day coming up. I'll oh, have that's true. an abundance of all. We got two weeks to do this. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we'll we'll
1: what we're checking in next. Is it the next video or the next audio? Uh,
0: next, we audio. can check in next video, but next audio, we'll definitely. That's when it's done.
1: I know I've earned a, like a certain level in heavyweight already. Okay, what's the goal for the heavyweight thing?
0: To get to get one more rank in it. Oh, yeah, okay, get so, a rank. That's always the goal is to get a ranking.
1: I've got four more toward that one, so I I think that, that's going to be easy to do. Yeah.
0: To get drunk.
1: Uh, I'm on goal? level 22 on heavyweight. To get
0: riggedy riggedy wrecked. I mean, yeah, there's some that everyone's maxed out. We can't be like, oh, land of the free.
1: Yeah, oh no, gosh. all
3: Russian Imperial Stouts. Five different Russian Imperial
0: Stouts.
1: That's going to be harder to do, I feel like. Um, you know what? We'll, we'll do that next
0: episode because that time it'll be it'll be after we do... No, it'll be right before. Crap. <laughs> I think we should do the heavyweight. Heavyweight or Imperials are. Up for vote. Heavyweight. Let's say, let's I can say get heavyweight.
2: Heavyweight. Bob. I'm already one, so
0: let's let's go for it. All right, heavyweight it is. Jeez. So next time we meet up here uh, for an audio episode, we will say everyone should have leveled heavyweight up once.
2: Right. Pinky
0: promised this time, guys, we're going to try for it. <laughs> we try to knock and we're come not going to forget can't. until until. Can't be the only you know. asshole out here uh, pushing this, holding this team up. Come on, guys, I need <laughs> I need some help. Can't be the MVP alone. I know I'll let you down. I was gonna say uh uh Chris's back is killing him. it is carrying, oh, carrying this, this whole team, man, oh, I need some bingay on this back <laughs> i think <laughs> I think we have a topic
3: though
0: Come on, give me a minute, right. that's actually well, correct right. this time, <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Uh looks like we're talking about uh, ciders today. I think I remember that from the intro. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, so let's start by talking about what the cider comes from, because we couldn't talk about the cider without examining the star of the show, the ever-evolving apple. Mm. Although, although the apple has been around since at least 1500 BC, these fruits uh, would not look or taste much like the varieties we enjoy today. This apple was smaller, very bitter, and probably not eaten regularly. Even though the Egyptian pharaoh Ramses the Great is recorded as ordering apples grown in the Nile Delta in the uh, 13th century BC, there is no known evidence of Egyptians using the uh, using these apples to make fermented beverages. By the time the Romans came to the British Isles in 55 BC, it's reco- uh, it's recorded the locals were drinking cider-like beverages made from apples. The which uh, the new visitors took. Uh, took too quickly and spread among uh, spread variations of this across Europe and the Roman Empire the drink became popular with the Normans who during their conquest of England in the ninth century brought apple orchards and uh, actually the word cider itself that's a little confusing though the <laughs> The locals in the British Isles were drinking cider and then the Normans came over to England and brought them
0: yeah that's kind of conflicting statements
2: yep uh
3: let me see how that.
2: So I'm going to call bullshit on part of that. Uh, <laughs> although the word cider probably does come from some French word, which would have been Norman. Huh.
3: Uh, yes. Anyway. Oh, okay. Yes. So here's. So the the cider came originally from the drink came originally from the Romans. They brought it over to the Normans. Then the word came back
0: as cider. Okay. So it, ah. the the.
3: Still, still incorrect
2: wording, but we're going to, we're going to move on (laughs) Uh, because the Normans aren't in England at all uh, until 1066. Anyway, apples grown from, (laughs) uh, from the seeds have a high likelihood of growing fruit. Unlike the tree it came from therefore early cider makers and orchardists uh, would select varieties of the apple they liked and make tasty cider and take those branches and graft it on the trees uh, that had inedible apples through this selection. Uh, Through this selection process, we get over 7,500 known varieties of apples throughout the world. As a side note, the genome of the common golden delicious apple is about uh, 57,000 genes, the highest number of any plant studied to date, and nearly twice as many as the human genome.
0: As an aside, the jazz apple is probably the most delicious one.
3: (laughs) No, it is the Honeycrisp.
0: Okay, Okay, Honeycrisps are effing delicious. But jazz apples, come on, if you're going to call it jazz, <laughs> it's delicious.
2: Early colonists brought apples and ciders to the Americas early on. In fact, cider was more popular in uh, early North America than beer. Uh, apples grew much more easily in New England than barley. Some colonists brought branches from selected oh, pardon me, from the selected trees in their native... Oh, <laughs> sorry.
1: Carbonation getting these, you. These ciders, man. <laughs>
2: They're getting there. Uh, some of the colonists brought branches and selected trees to their uh, in their native lands and were able to uh, graft cultivated varieties of the apple on the wild apple trees they found on the new in the new land. The only apple native North American is the crab apple, uh, once called common apples. Most farmers in the early New England played uh, roulette by planting apple seeds. Some wealthy far- uh, wealthy New Englanders uh, imported English and French varieties. Uh, A little anecdote here. In uh, 1620, the Mayflower was halfway through its journey to the New World, when it caught in a storm, uh, and one of the beams cracked uh, enough for the crew to consider turning back. They used a great iron screw from the cider press to shore up the beam enough to get them to their destination. Nine days later, William Blackstone planted the first apple trees in the New England colonies.
0: Because they landed, and they were thirsty. They had a thirst. They'd been nine days without any fresh fermented beverage. All right, uh, so we have a long-standing American uh, folklore tradition about Johnny Appleseed. The man and legend known as Johnny Appleseed was first known by the name John Chapman, although the story told to many children does not go into it. Uh, The majority of the seeds Chapman planted were not suited to eating up until Prohibition, An apple grown in America was far less likely to be eaten than to wind up in a barrel of cider. Starting in 1792, the Ohio Company of Associates uh, made a deal with potential settlers. Anyone willing to form a permanent homestead on the wilderness beyond Ohio's first permanent settlement would be granted 100 acres of land. To prove their homesteads to be permanent, settlers were required to plant 50 apple trees and 20 peach trees. In three years, since the average apple took roughly ten years to bear fruit, or apple tree. Uh, ever ever the savvy businessman, Chapman realized that if he could do the difficult work of planting these orchards, he could turn them around for profit to incoming frontiersmen. Wandering from, from Pennsylvania to Illinois, Chapman would advance just ahead of settlers, cultivating orchards that he would sell to them when they arrived. And then ahead to more undeveloped land. Like the. Caricature? No, sorry, my mouth is really dry. (laughs) Couldn't have anything to do with what I'm drinking. Uh, Like the character that has survived to modern day, Chapman really did tote a big bag full of apple seeds. But did he wear the pot on his head? Come on. Yes. I'm going (laughs) to go with yes. As a member of. No shoes, had a pot in his head, and threw stuff out of a bag. As a member of the. Sv- S- swedenbargen church church whose belief system explicitly forbade grafting that uh, is a really specific religious <laughs> yeah like <I> mean, <laughs> come on that's like pastafarian level there which they believed caused plants to suffer <laughs> chapman planted all of his orchards from seed meaning his apples were for the most part unfit for eating So, making cider. uh, Cider making is much simpler than making beer or liquor, with a similar process to making wine. Uh, Once the variety of apple is selected to balance acidity, tannin, aromatics, and sugar content, the apple is ground and pressed into a cider press to remove the liquid from the pulp. Cider has traditionally been lower in alcohol because of the lower amounts of sugar in the apple versus grapes, for instance the must in the ferment uh in the fermented in the traditional method using the natural yeasts on the skins of the fruit today cider makes cider makers use a process called Sul
3: sulfiding
0: oh sulfiding the l seems to be missing uh, say, there's no l in sight good call <laughs> Uh, called sulfiting to kill off the organisms in the juice and sanitize it prior to adding commercial yeast strains. Uh, This keeps the product tasting the same in every bottle you drink. Some cider makers will use additional cultures of bacteria that converts the sharp flavored metallic acid or malic acid? Malic. Malic acid in apples to a much softer lactic acid. This is called Malolactic <laughs> Malolactic That's a new one for me Today we learned Malolactic <laughs> fermentation
1: The word of the day
0: If the cider has a high tannin content The complex biological processes Can create a compound called an Ethylphenol Ethylphenol, Ethylphenol. I am adding what extra heart, syllables Brittany
3: can't you teach this kid to read
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's produce, had a lot to drink it's They hard. can produce spicy, smoky Or even farmyard aromas Phenols, but (laughs) (laughs) wait for it. All right. Uh,
1: So now getting into cider flavors. Um, Ciders don't traditionally need to have an overly fruity character. They don't need to smell like apples in the same way wine does not need to smell like grapes. Um, Drier styles of cider, in particular, can develop less fruity and more complex characteristics. Cider have traditionally not been sweet. This is because if the fermentation is allowed to ferment out completely, it will result in over 99% of the sugar being consumed and converting to alcohol. It's a common misconception that cider should be sweet, and that adding apple juice to a fermenting beverage will cause it to become sweeter. Nevertheless, there are five categories for cider sweetness, ranging from dry, with less than 0.4% residual sugar, to medium, at 0.9% to 2% uh, residual sugar, and finally, sweet with 4% or more. Uh, the last category is similar to dessert or desert wine?
3: Dessert, probably. Okay, <laughs>
1: I think it's missing an Uh To dessert wine, some cider makers will halt fermentation and then sweeten the product with more apple juice. However, there are some companies that will use artificial and unfermentable sugar substitutes to back-sweeten their cider. Regardless of the sweetness of a cider... It needs to be balanced with the other flavors present, including tannin and acidity. The cider should be refreshing and have enough acidity to give it a clean impression without being puckering. The tannin flavor, or probably more accurately, sensation, is the puckering feeling you get from the skin of grape or apple. Some tannin is desirable to balance the flavor, but too much can be off-putting and astringent. Cider can be served still with no carbonation, um... Petalant, uh with a moderate level of carbonation, or sparkling with a champagne-like high carbonation. Oh, that's I think that's the one I'm most. Uh, I don't know. I've 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 been turned off from cider because because of getting so many sweet ones. It's like everybody just thinks they should always be super sweet and also super carbonated.
3: Yeah, it's like the the cheerleader beer.
1: Mm-hmm. Like if you don't like beer, and you're like it, it, most of the time people are gonna be like, oh look, cider. It's beer, but you're like, no, exactly.
3: it's not. <laughs> going into the styles of cider. So going into the styles of cider, we've got the English or the French style cider. Now there are two major distinct styles of cider, uh, being the English and the French. Um, the English ciders are very much more reserved, a dry cider, full-bodied with a complex flavor profile. They use English varieties of apples that are sometimes a little bit higher in that tannin, that, that weird... Uh, taste that's kind of like a bitterness almost um, traditionally these were stored and used uh, in used wood barrels so they may actually have a slight but not a very overpowering wood character now the flavor is not traditionally apple but these will have the hints of here it is esters that kind <laughs> of suggest apples and we're back the french <laughs> varieties use a bittersweet to a bitter sharp traditional free french <laughs> varieties of apple that lend to a Fruity flavor and aroma. Um, these may also come from the French technique of also stopping that fermentation early, known as defecation.
0: <laughs> <which definitely laughs> <was very easy. laughs> no, no, that's um,
3: to preserve some sweetness and sweet aroma. Today I, I learned
0: swear. defecation stops the fermentation
2: process. I, I like that second where we all stop, like. Did I hear that right? <laughs> no way! I heard I've got to right.
3: Google
1: Translate this because that's got to be like—it's got to have some kind of crazy French pronunciation.
0: Hold on. Uh... Defecation. No defecation. Defecation. <laughs>
1: defecation. I mean, it sounds nicer,
0: obviously,
3: but. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to—I want to backwards translate that. Like, go and do a, a French to English translation oh. and see what that says.
1: It just says defecation.
3: It just says poop.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, it sounds nicer from her, obviously
0: No, oh, no, no, do a reverse French. translation Put the French like if you go
2: from, from Google Translate French the English. French term yeah, and See, see it what comes the English, English word as. for that
3: would be
1: I did, that was with all the accents and everything I said French to English and it just says defecation
3: uh, Interesting <laughs> So that kind of preserves some of the sweetness and the sweet aroma In the uh, cider I wanted to say beer just then The results tend to be a medium to sweet, full-bodied and rich cider that commonly has a spicy, smoky phenol sort of flavor. Uh, (laughs) But this is kind of more suitable, uh, more subtle than the English style. The extra sweetness is present to balance the more tannic varieties of apples. So the style was basically created to kind of balance out the apples that were available. Uh, The new world, What's up? Okay,
2: sorry. Uh, So what was the stove made to copy, to
3: balance something? (laughs) Yes. So New World Ciders um, are traditionally made with apple varieties common in the U.S. supermarket, um, or even the crab apple uh, for their tannin and acidity. Apple varieties for this style include the wine sap apple, the Macintosh apple, the Golden Delicious, the Braeburn, the Jonathan, the Northern Spy, russet, and Baldwin. Those are all pretty much. Other than the russet and Baldwin, I've pretty much seen every single one of those in a supermarket or or roadside stand. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a good eating variety of apple. I saw. I've seen one of
2: them in a uh, in a uh, uh, in a Best Buy. <laughs>
3: the <laughs> Golden Delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that that makes sense. So you what? can get your your cider apples where you get your PlayStation 4s. <laughs> right.
0: What the uh, hell is resol- going on at the oh. Best Buy in Lexington?
2: <laughs> you know, <laughs> they have their mobile department. They have their their uh, they have their Samsung guy. They've got their uh, Apple cart guy. <laughs> uh, and the, yeah, you know, their Samsung guy uh, there, their Sprint guy. And then they have their golden
3: delicious computers guy. <laughs> Um, So the resulting cider from this new world variety of apple is actually a a very refreshing drink with a little bit of substance, some substance there. It's not watery or bland and sweet versions must not be cloyingly sweet. Um, Dry versions must not also be too austere. And so this word austere comes up quite a lot in um, cider making and in the whole uh, cider cider world, I guess, but the word itself means severe or strict in manner, attitude, or appearance. Mm-hmm. So a very plain or simple style would be austere. And so these these have to have a little bit of, of life to them. It can't just be a very plain type of uh, cider. Now these ciders also should be able to accompany many varieties of food. And that's kind of what we're seeing a lot of in modern day ciders, is this New World style, or at least in the U.S. It's it's a lot of this, uh, a little bit more sweet, um, but but it's kind of stopping short of being a, a, you know, forgive me for saying this, but a girly drink. You know what I mean? Yeah, like um, the fruit fruit drink, the cocktail, um, I,
1: super fruity, barely tasting alcohol kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I don't know if it's for. I don't know if this is the style it's supposed to be, but that sounds kind of what, like the um,
3: it woodchuck? Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, I think so. Woodchuck is super I think, sweet.
3: I think on that end, I think that's probably closer to the New World style. Yeah. Um, so you've got all these, these traditional styles, the English, the French, the New World style. Those are all based on just what kind of Apple you use. And now you move into a new kind of world of ciders. As far as uh, the BJCP is concerned, there's whole
2: those... Whole new ciders.
3: <laughs> that, that, you know, a whole new world. What was that? That was from... Aladdin.
0: Which Aladdin. one? Oh, never mind then.
3: I was going to say that makes sense because I was thinking it was Pocahontas, but no, never mind. no, the colors of the of wind. The wind. <laughs> I was going to okay. say the
0: racist one, but that's a lot of 90s <laughs> Disney stuff. like half of Disney <laughs>
3: Um, so ciders, you can add all kinds of fruit or other fruits, and that's the key. So if cider is made from fruit, but if you think add things other than apples or uh, herbs or spices to them, you've got something that that's a little bit different. And so any cider can have other fruits and, and these spices and herbs added to it. But some common examples include like apple pie spices mm. or moling spices. The key to any addition is to balance it and allow the cider to shine through while additional ingredients kind of complement and add a little bit to the apples. You don't want just a big cinnamon bomb. Well, Brittany may. I don't know. But normally when making a cider for judging, you don't want a big cinnamon bomb with a little bit of apple backing it up. You want an apple cider that has a touch of cinnamon to it.
2: Meanwhile, Brittany's eyes are blue within blue going, the spice must flow.
1: (laughs) The cinnamon can be overdone, though, because I've definitely had that one where it's like you choke to death on the cinnamon. No,
0: none of you had the Southern Tier cinnamon roll Mm. beer that they did, which is destroy you. Why isn't there (laughs) a
3: cinnamon challenge beer?
0: Um, that was That a, is that one, actually. That was that one. We had a drink. and <laughs> would, No, there was a guy who discovered apparently he has a cinnamon allergy. He discovered it oh. while drinking that beer. Because oh. he could not stop sneezing while he had it poured. We had to dump the rest of the bomber out. Everyone had to dump their glasses, rinse everything, and then he finally stopped sneezing. Wow. Like, that's how cinnamon that thing was. But no, uh, when we were looking for beers for this episode, it kind of goes with that. Or Beer ciders, beers, ciders. Beer, ciders. <laughs> when we
1: were looking to drink to style, <laughs> yes,
0: we discovered a lot of pear ciders. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that seems so, like the either seasonal or the new hotness in ciders right now.
3: Well, not necessarily just the new hotness. Maybe I, I mean I haven't kept up a whole lot with the cider world, but Perry's, which is what a, a pear-based cider is called, it's a perry. Hmm. They're they're perry. a okay. <laughs> they're a traditional flavor um and they're traditionally made you know throughout history it probably matches up very similarly to the cider history um it, you know for what bob wants to correct on that probably with the, the corrected version of that um so the the whole perry world is separate from ciders technically but it's made in a very similar process and you just use pears instead of apples to do the same thing right okay. i'm drunk can you hear my voice slur? I can hear slur. <laughs> Did you hear me try and
0: talk?
1: I'm getting there. Never mind, <laughs> getting there. We haven't there. even had crazy stuff. I think we're all just tired
0: too.
3: I'm on my second pitcher of homebrew, oh so.
0: My, oh well, that's no. that's all you. Like that's yeah. yeah. You're the only let's, one of us that's gotten to enjoy with... our homebrew. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Let's, let's finish.
3: This. So the next style is the New England style cider, which are made with New England varieties of apples, very similar to the New World style. But they contribute to a substantial body and character that's typically dry, but could be sweet if the hotness of the alcohol isn't present. So if you don't have a hot heat alcohol type of flavor, that's, that's when you try to get these, these little sweeter flavors in there. Hmm. Um, this style of cider is especially because of the high alcohol content, though. Um, the additives like white or brown sugar, molasses, or honey, or even raisins can kind of pump up the alcohol content in the cider upwards of 13%.
0: That's nuts. Ooh. Pump yeah. up the jam. Pump it up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so it would be like taking a New World cider and then adding these additional adjuncts to it to add that that additional flavor. So you do uh, cider with honey, and it's kind of a mead combined with cider, um, uh I can't remember what the name of that is, but I think it's like a sizer. Um, whenever you add those two things together,
1: that sounds way too. Sweet. And then
2: meter,
3: meter. Uh, there's like melomel. There's sizer. I can't remember all these different words for for the combining the two. Um, then you've got the apple wine, whereas the New England so cider. Uh... <laughs> you
1: should do the strawberry wine it song. <laughs>
3: Where where the New England cider is a more robust flavor and can actually be flavored by the sugar, the apple wine is only increased in alcohol by the sugar. So you're just looking for bumping up the, the alcohol content and kind of thinning out the apple flavor a little bit. It'll have a lighter apple flavor than the New England style, but again, will likely have that high alcohol content in the 9 to 12% range. The cider characteristic must be distinctive, however, With similarities to the New World style, it's kind of the closest style to white wines out there. Mm. There is also an ice cider. So the ice cider takes a little detour in the process of making cider in general. um, And it makes a a more concentrated cider. So you actually uh, freeze the fruit before you press it. So the way you make cider is you grind up all the apples because otherwise the presses won't be able to press anything else. But after you grind it up, then you put it in and let it freeze. And so you've got all the water frozen. It concentrates the sugar in the juice and leaves more water in the apple in the form of those ice crystals. This, this is pro-
0: like
2: making um, it's that German
3: style.
0: I would say, I just watched something about uh, how the uh, a oh. certain bach, Icebock
3: is the name Eisenbach. but no so I'll, I'll tell you why here in just a second it is very similar but it's th- there's even one more that goes beyond that this so um, you've got this one where you freeze the whole fruit after it's been ground up you freeze the fruit itself the pulp of the fruit and then you press out the sugars oh. and leave behind the the water in the apple now this not only concentrates the sugars but also the acidity and the flavor compounds that are leaving the fruit. Um, to go into the cider, which will make it a more concentrated juice flavor. The fermentation this then is just like a normal fermentation, and the higher sugar content may mean that the yeast will actually uh, kick out a little earlier, won't be able to ferment everything out, may leave it a little bit sweeter, and the alcohol content is going to probably be somewhere in the range of 7 to
0: 13%. Gotcha. So it's not like Eisenbach, so it's not freezing the water out so you can scrape the water off and make it more... Alcohol. Exactly.
3: So this is pre-fermentation. This is pre-juice. Um, you're freezing the fruit itself. With icebock, what you do is you freeze it after it's been um, fermented. And that's what happens with Applejack. Now, another product that is potentially made from apple cider is this Applejack product. Now, it's technically you would take the, the finished product of cider and you would freeze it into kind of a slushy like consistency, hmm. and then you strain out the ice, which then concentrates everything else that's left behind. They'd mainly bring this the in, fish, in ye old gas station.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I've seen that
2: because before. like a slushy, you know. Oh yeah. a, there's a dog there, you know,
3: ready to get you. Comes in raspberry. Puppy. You got it. Um. So you 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 scoop all this ice out and. It's very similar to like whenever you do go in to get a slushy, and you, you have that Slurpee and you drink the Slurpee and you can't get all the ice up, but you get all the flavoring stuff that's around it, all the liquid. That's pretty much the concentrated pieces of this Applejack that the, you're di- then just taking over into a separate container. You've got higher alcohol that way. You've got higher um, sugars that way. You've got a lot of aroma in that way. It's also probably illegal. Under U.S. law, um, there's <laughs> sure. not a real good. Uh, I want to say it's not completely, um, completely solid that that's illegal, but it's pretty solid that it's illegal to do that. I wanna <laughs> see someone from the BJCp
2: like they're well, like or the home or a home brewer like someone can saying, "Sir, I'm pretty sure this is legal." I am the law. <laughs> I am the law. <laughs> oh uh, gosh. Okay, so so I guess in that case, Applejack is much more closer to the, the Icebox thing than the... Exactly. You got it. Yep. Okay. Uh, all right.
1: A lot of interesting stuff about cider that I actually never knew at all.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I learned a lot this episode, I don't about you all, but I did not know nearly as much as I thought I did about cider.
2: You know what? It's also been nice to, to have a little break and just drink a drink a cider during an episode
0: i wish i could say the same thing so let's go ahead and use that transition (laughs) and talk about what we've been drinking
3: drink with me friend
0: a wife unit had one that uh seemed very nice it so it tasted and smelled like straight liquor it does
1: uh (laughs) so i'm having so okay if if no one's heard of it um i think it's more the dis- distribution for this brand is kind of all over the place now. Yeah, it's, it's from Boston Beer Company, but it's the Angry Orchard brand doing cider, mm-hmm. and this particular one is a is a new like kind of series that they have uh, called Orchard's Edge.
0: They're barrel aging cider.
1: Yeah, so they've got two in, in the series. I think so far they've got um, this one, which is the old fashioned, and they've also got a naughty pear um, uh, Orchard's Edge. <laughs> version this one is how naughty uh, not spelled naughty. the same way <laughs> uh, so this one is aged on cherries, orange peel and bourbon barrels Um, but it's still a hard cider and uh, it straight up smells and tastes like an old fashioned cocktail like, Yeah, it's, 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 it's I mean, really okay, strange fine
2: you're sp- still speaking my language it's, <laughs>
0: like, man, it, it's, it's I mean it's
1: there it, but at the same time, there's like kind of this aftertaste of apple juice, which I'm like, all right, I guess, you know.
2: But I also like apple juice. I don't know if I like them together, but well, and it's it's
1: it's still sweet because like my problem with ciders is always that they're too sweet. Like I'm not about the sweet stuff. Like as you know, I'm I love the smoked beers, for example. But like this was really good and very surprising because um, we were definitely looking for something different, and I had never had this this new series for angry from angry orchard before i i was actually deciding between this one and the uh the cinnamon one that they have like sinful something mm. or other um but this was good toast crunch <laughs> i should have mm. called it that god um, yes but this is and this is 6.5 percent abv um Yeehaw. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh the description on this the old fashioned is made with a blend of american apples and is aged on oak with dried tart cherries california grown naval orange peel and charred bourbon barrel staves offering citrus and cherry aromas with a bright apple flavor and slight vanilla notes it has a lasting um, tannins and a full round mouthfeel that is all completely accurate
0: <laughs> tastes uh, tastes like liquor if if you're wondering it's like a straight mixed drink in a bottle
1: yeah like i would recommend <laughs> like if somebody likes cider or at least has liked some of the ciders they've had, and has ever had an old fashioned, <laughs> or or you know like kind of wants to skirt that line between like liquor kind of stuff like cocktails and like cider or or something that's a little bit more beer like I guess this is really good to try. Um, I would I would recommend it.
2: All right, all right, Maybe Justin, I look that up. Uh, I uh, <laughs> very belatedly picked up. Uh, a uh, semi-dry hard cider from Rheingeist Brewery.
0: I almost grabbed that one.
2: <laughs> Look, if Casey hadn't sent a text that says, uh, I'm thinking about drinking, should I drink to style or something else, I would have forgotten what episode we were doing today.
3: <laughs> so you left to go get a beer after. I left to go grab some
2: beer and drove back in time to record. So,
0: nice. uh <laughs> I would not have been drinking to style if it hadn't been for the fact that we went out uh, beer shopping. And I was like, well, I can't justify getting a whole six-pack of Chocoveza, and I'm going to grab some singles. And I was like, if I'm grabbing singles of that, I can, I can drink to style. <laughs> I justified it just fine.
2: <laughs> well,
1: we got uh, other stuff, too. But anyway.
2: But, yeah, no. Uh, oh. I've been drinking on this most of the episode. Uh, it's really nice. It, it is fairly dry. Um, it's a 6.2 ABV uh it's a cider, so we're not going into IBUs. Right. Uh, couldn't find it on Beer Advocate, so. Uh, what about cider uh, advocate? Oh yeah,
1: I've been looking at Untapped scores for these. Cause yeah, it's, I, I, pulled up, uh, I
2: pulled up. I pulled up. Untapped. Uh, pulled up Untapped for the description. Actually, I think I still have it up, so I can get the. The overall score is three point six nine. Okay. Out of five uh and the description there says this uh cider fermented to amplify the fragrance and essential apples whilst achieving a delightful lip-smacking dryness and uh yeah no it's it's been pretty good um i do like a nice dry cider if i'm if i'm going to have to and uh it's been a nice change of pace for the episode it's you know giving me something for the I, I don't know something something new for the palate for the week so i'm like okay yeah sure
1: yeah it's our Mists of Pandaria episode. <laughs> it's the Mists of Pandaria
0: expansion. No, of, of no, I liked Mists of Pandaria. I had that's one I had I'm to not, roll back on. No,
1: I'm not saying it was bad. I'm saying it's it's the, the 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 like kind of pause for a second. Let's enjoy the scenery. Let's have let's like sit down and calm down for a second. That
0: reinvigorated me. Yeah. For a while. Okay. Um Oh, I, I guess... forgot to
1: say my rating real quick. Uh minus three point six one out of five from untapped. Because I couldn't find these on beer
0: applicate either. <laughs> yeah. All right. yeah. Uh, Alright, mine is also a Cider Geist, the cider arm of Rheingeist, which, uh, incidentally, their what would you call it, Cidery? Whatever, where they make their ciders is in Boston. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not I think it's called it a Cidery. It's in Boston, Should not be. in Cincinnati. They make their beer in Cincinnati, and their cider in Boston. It's like the opposite of Sam Adams. I had the dry hopped hard cider. So, six point two percent ABV. It says no IBUs. That is a lie. There are IBUs, but it's dry hopped cider. They, <laughs> they say it in there. It's the, the name. closest dry be- hop,
1: like beer, like cider.
0: <laughs> Untapped score of, of three point four five. That's a lie. Brewery description: dry hopped with hops. Well, it's not and... a lie. That is in fact what people on Untapped averaged it out to be. This... They're lying. They're all lying. They're trying to justify their purchase, and it's a lie. Dry hopped with hops from the Pacific Northwest for citrus aromatics. This fine dry cider builds layers of delightful upon the essence of the apple. It's all lies. So the big, the, the complaint locally about Ryan guys is they pale ale everything. And they just pale ale an effing cider. This is ridiculous. They pale ale scouts. stouts. They just pale, it- they pale ale this cider. And I am, I am furious. This is, no, I am not happy. Just-
3: is it just me or pale ales now? They they taste watery.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you Not go great. to a regular one, I guess it's maybe where our palates have just been bombed with imperials and doubles <laughs> and double dry hops and everything all this. aged
3: in barrels. <laughs> I got two different pale ales from two different states this past week, and both of them had a had a like. Uh what 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 is it? Session IPA hmm. flavor to it.
0: Yeah, that's that's kinda how I feel. I can't tell the difference between a pale Ale and a session anymore. I'm just like, yeah. alright, it's like a watered down for mass market, I guess. Yeah. But this is ron Geist has caught a lot of flack locally for that. And it, I'm still supporting that lo, like with this beer I'm, or this cider. I'm no. They they tried to the pale ale a cider and I'm not a fan. I I'd give
2: you my other can of the semi dry, but uh
0: I'm drinking it. Uh, Yeah, I wish I'd gotten the semi-dry. That's
1: unfortunate.
0: All right, Casey, I hope you you, uh, did better than us. I I think you did, actually. (laughs) I've (laughs) got to say, no, it looks like you're drinking a 100 out of 100. Beer Uh, absolutely loves Whoever the people are that brewed this thing (laughs) have to be geniuses. I mean, they are gods among the brewing community. (laughs) At the very least, idiot savants.
3: (laughs) Uh, Definitely. So, I am drinking a 100 out of a 100 beer, and it is a brown ale.
0: What's it called, though?
3: It is called the Maple Smoked Vanilla Brown Ale. Really? We couldn't come up with a
0: better name than
2: that? That's from, that's going to get workshopped.
3: <laughs> from, from the Ladders. The Ladders Brewery, <laughs> um, actually. And you think I'm kidding? until you look on my untapped just now oh, and realize that I just checked into it oh, and it's from the Homebrew.
0: <laughs> so now that's our official. We home need
3: to name. trademark
1: that, that stuff right I looked on, now.
3: I looked online to, to, I was starting to type it in and I was like, can I moan, my, my own, brewery, my own home brewery. And there were already two people that had the Homebreweries. home breweries oh. to be perfectly honest. <laughs> We may have been one of those, and we just don't remember it.
1: That's entirely possible.
0: Very possible. (laughs) Um,
3: But yes, it comes in at six point two ABV, forty two IBUs, according to the brewer's description. This smooth (laughs) and beautifully balanced brown ale, with whole vanilla beans and maple syrup, is malt forward with a lingering gentle bitterness. Has a moderate sweetness that makes this beer a good winter one.
1: Okay. Do you? oh Let me just take a second for just let's just let's just step it back.
3: That would peel be, back the curtain.
1: That, this would be excellent to have had on one of those games where we have to guess what's real and what's not. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. the description of that is like ridiculous, yeah. like in a good way, but like
2: man, I feel like we're uh, we'd be too good now at making up fake ones.
1: That's true. Oh, maybe, but it's not. It fake. It depends on how drink how. How, how drink we are. Depends how on how we much are. we've had to
0: drink. How drink are you? Because we're still going through a bomber of Alaskan smoked porter. I know.
1: I've had like Bless a beer and a half. So
0: anyone who's wondering, this is our home brew. Yeah. And there. it is
3: vi- the only thing I would change on this it, it, next time I brewed it. Would it put, put more knees on those bees. <laughs> put more knees on those bees. Um, I would take this, the, the the bitterness, I would take it down just a little bit. Not much, like no more than ten percent reduction in bitterness. take um, out like four nuggets. Let Brittany chew a if, few more nuggets. Ugh. We added an entire ounce at the start of it. I would probably add like eight eight point eight ounces at the Certainly start. we
2: should have took one for the team and eaten more of those
0: nuggets. Uh, yeah. At least it wasn't <laughs> like it wasn't just me. Like we, we were suffered both together. Ridiculous. So is this a different version of Nugget Man we have to sing? Oh, <laughs> Nugget Man. <laughs> oh, wait,
3: wait, wait. No, hold on, hold on. Oh, oh, oh like. Nugget Man. <laughs> oh, God.
2: We can't give him new toys. No. I love my new board.
0: All right, guys. Uh, I think that's rounding us out here. Yeah, yeah, I think so. We, we've hit special effects level, so let's... Uh...
2: <laughs> so you
3: can subscribe. <laughs> I was drinking my beer. <laughs> You can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com. Follow us at haveadrinkshow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and even Twitch every single week, every Saturday at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can go there, like, what is it called? It's not like. Follow. follow. Follows Follows are free. Follow Follow the show. Follows are free. Follows are free. Follow the show so you know when we go live in case we do something weird and something different. And we do something live from, you know, the line of a beer release at some point. Maybe that's and coming maybe, I may have been, I, I may have talked someone to switching schedules with me that day. Who knows?
0: Ooh. Possibly. Oh.
3: Um, so you can rate us and please do rate us on iTunes and YouTube to kind of help spread the word. Uh,
2: you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or leave some general feedback. You can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com dot com, or uh, use the feedback page on the website. Just let us know what you're thinking, anything at all. Love to hear from you guys.
3: Yeah, we haven't got feedback in a while, so please, even if you've sent in some in the past, send some in. We'd like to hear. from You
2: can from also you. also send it a uh, Facebook page on the uh, yeah, send us a message through there, or uh, send us a tweet. Yeah, have a drink show. You can really we'll, uh, you can tell us about we'll a local answer,
0: place that's really hitting all the right notes for you. I mean, we'd mm-hmm. love to hear about yeah, it. Yeah. But uh, all joking... We need, a, and, we need a we need a map of places that we have to go to.
3: That exactly. When when
0: That's we travel, true. and Casey tends to, he needs to know where to go when he's in these towns.
3: Seriously, the only reason that I ended up at Abita is I passed a sign on the interstate that said Abita Brew Pub and Brewery. And you're like, what? And then you remembered <laughs> the fact
0: that we had the sampler and we're like, you know, that was a pretty awesome sampler pack.
3: Abita's really my new favorite brewery, to be perfectly honest. It's oh, my new favorite. Wow.
0: I can see that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh all joking and fun aside, guys, uh like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. Uh use a ride chair, Uber, whatever you can find. Uh don't drink and drive. And please be twenty one and up to drink. Come on, guys. Do we have to say it? <laughs> Your liver's not done yet. Just give
2: it
3: give it time. <laughs> I was you can get to my level of drunkenness and not have a beer before age twenty one. Yeah, I think Bob was there the the night I had my first alcoholic beverage. <laughs> Probably I was also there. Never mind, we've already told that
2: story. All right, let's wrap this baby <laughs> out. Alright, All
1: right, um, so check us out next Saturday for our next live video episode, and then in uh, another couple of weeks for the next one, like just like this, uh, on uh, twitch.tv. TV. Once There'll still again... be a
2: live video episode. It'll still be a live episode, but it, we'll yeah. also just record it.
1: <laughs> Once again,
2: I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm
3: Casey Price. <laughs> Bye, guys.
0: Bye.